Welcome to Manager Tools. What do you want to do and where do you want to do it? Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I help people in job transitions? How do I determine to whom to refer someone? How can I save myself time when I can't help someone? If you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Hey, Mark, I got a question for you that stumps me and stumps others uh, quite frequently. I run into somebody, a friend, associate, whatever, comes up to me and obviously wants some help with their job or career transition, but I don't know how to help them. I don't have a framework for understanding what they want or how to start the conversation in terms of how I might be able to help them. And you're not alone in that because not only do you not have a framework for starting them, it's been my experience that the person who's going to look for a job may not have a framework. The majority, I wouldn't say all, maybe I wouldn't even say the vast majority, but a good healthy percentage, 60% or so of people when they lose their job are not prepared at all. Or even if they're prepared somehow financially, and we have a cast for that about finances rule, if you get laid off or fired or whatever, got to have six months to make. But they simply, the vastness of, of the problem or, you know, what am I going to do and so on is, is um, a problem. And so you can actually do them a favor, two favors. One is focus their thinking. And the other one is find out how you can help. And that's where, okay, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it comes from. Um, so three things in the outline today. Uh, we'll talk about the question itself. What do you want to do and where do you want to do it? It's also true you can't really be, you shouldn't be surprised if they don't have an answer. Many don't. And then you're going to have to probe for specifics to help you gather the information you need to make some phone calls or send some emails and so on. Okay, good. So let's talk about the question. And I think the whole point of this cast is that question is pretty critical to starting this conversation. Yeah. And by the way, it's not two questions. It's one question. So you say, okay, so what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? Because I've discovered if you ask just, what do you want to do? I mean, the answers don't tend to be as clear. But when you say, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? You're asking them to imagine or envision or think about exactly what they need to do. And weirdly, that second part, where do you want to do it? Even though it's really just a location question in case they have limits, whatever. It really helps them understand that you're trying to target your help. And so, as it turns out, this is probably not the way whomever you're helping wants to describe their situation. They may want to talk about something else, how they got where they are, why they got fired, or what's happening in their industry, or, you know, got to talk to my spouse, or whatever, or, you know, I'm worried about this, or I hate to say it, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but you know, I only have a month's worth of salary left over or whatever. As a friend is all, you know, like you're empathetic and et cetera, but it, it, it doesn't help you help them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people mistakenly, um, em- empathy to them is feeling what the other person is feeling and then therefore ending up doing what the other person is doing, which is to say, being fearful, not taking action, not taking steps. And look, there's nothing wrong with with moral support, but for many of the folks who want help, regardless of whatever kind of relationship they have with you, they're thrilled to have any help at all. 
But if they're not clear of mind about it, they don't know how to go about finding a new job. Or for many people, it's been a while. They don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to move forward. They don't know how to put a plan in place, even even though a lot of our podcasts would help with that. And so you structuring the conversation is a helping mechanism. In fact, I've had people say, when I say, oh, okay, um, maybe I can help. What do you want to do and where do you want to do it? And I've probably said it 10,000 times, but they immediately hear, oh, okay, this guy's done this before. He or she knows what to ask. That is a specific question. It's not, hey, what are you thinking about? You know, what's the idea? You know, any any big picture plans? And frankly, people have just lost the key anchor in their life, and suddenly you're saying, please envision a better future. Most people aren't going to be able to do that real well. So what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? Helps them focus on the goal versus how they got there or gee, what they don't know in terms of, you know, there are people who will spend 10 minutes talking to you about, well, it's uncertain what my severance is going to be. Well, no offense, dude, but I can't help you with that. Your severance is going to be your severance. You probably have no input on it. And I'm not a therapist. I mean, look, I'm your friend. I want to help you. And I, I do have empathy for you. But if you call me to ask me for help, let's get to it. And I can hear myself sounding like a high D there. And I would just caution those of you who are high S's, don't spend all your time on the phone empathizing with them and not moving forward. Because when you hang up that phone, they will still feel the same way and a little bit worse that they didn't get anywhere with you. Right. Well, the ultimate help is not helping them with their feelings. The ultimate help is helping them get a job. Yeah. And and at some point, they're going to realize that they want to talk to people who can actually make a difference, who are going to make phone calls and so on. Now, look, we're not recommending you don't help them with interview preparation. That's going to be useful. But look, that can come later after you understand what they want. If they want interview help, great. If you can do so, please do. Obviously, our interview uh, series would help you do that. You know, buy our interview series for them and say, particularly for those of you who used it, I used it and it worked. In terms of the bigger problem, the big fear, the 900-pound gorilla for them, you have to get to know or you have to help them begin to explain what it is they want. You know, my sense after years and years and years of these conversations is there are too many jobs. There are too many decisions. There are too many new options. Too many potential candidates, you know, people who have been laid off or quit their job or got fired or whatever. Think they should just they should just throw the doors wide open to any opportunity, and weirdly, it's been my experience that that sort of counterintuitively limits them. They think of all the options, and there are so many, they just see an amorphous blob and they can't pick just one. And if you start with trying to boil the universe, you might as well start reading What Colors Your Parachute and a whole bunch of other books to understand who you are and what you want, which is a little bit like contemplating your navel. And people, they do that. They go, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? And, oh, well, I could do this or I could do that. And and there's no structure to their thinking. They think of all the options. They can't choose. And that weirdly leads to inaction. I've always felt was, to some degree, it's a form of just being overwhelmed. So the question focuses them. It tells them something almost every other, the moment they hear the question, they're going to know that almost every other friend who's competent, practiced, in doing, having these kinds of conversation, they're going to want to know the same thing. 
so that those friends can better help them as well. Or even if their other friends don't ask this question, if they call their other friends and the other friend just wants to feel bad and doesn't really know how to help, and the person who's just lost their job or looking for a job says, just to be clear, here's what I want to do, and here's where I want to do it. That also helps the uninitiated friend who doesn't know how to help somebody. And obviously, look, it helps you too. Look, they may want something quite specific in a place where you don't know anybody. I mean, you may still be able to help them. But look, if they want to be a lexicographer in Massachusetts, you might want to say right away that you don't know any lexicographers. You're not at all connected to that industry. And your, your network's not that strong in Massachusetts. Though, as it turns out, Massachusetts is a good place to be a lexicographer. So you need to know, in the same way that they have this vast unknown, if you don't get it narrowed down, I mean, I could name probably 20 people in my network that there's no way their networks overlap other than if they've sat down and went through every person in their network. You know, we've got oil and gas people, and then we've got Greenpeace, and we've got, you know, there's, there's, there's too many ways to slice the thing such that I couldn't work. And if I don't have some sort of focus, oh, Atlanta, okay, I can, I can do something in Atlanta. Um, and the person I know in Atlanta who's well-connected knows 50 people in Atlanta, and I only need to know one. So the question actually helps me start searching my network. If there are matches, I can tell them so in the first call. And that's a huge help to somebody who's going, gee, I don't know. You know, I haven't, I haven't been thinking about shifting jobs. And something else I found, uh, it's true for me and a lot of my friends. If you offer to help somebody on the phone or an email, and you'll say you'll do some looking afterwards, but you don't know where to look necessarily, and you don't know for what, you're a lot less likely to get back to them in a timely way because you feel like there's no there there. There's nothing that you touch the cloud and the cloud moves. You essentially end up with a deliverable you really can't sink your teeth into. That's right. Now, it's a great it's a great question for all the reasons that you laid out. Unfortunately, a lot of times they won't have an answer. So, folks, don't be surprised if that's the case because that's fairly common. Yeah. Many candidates haven't thought that far through in their first round of calls for assistance. And it's normal, guys. It's just normal. Don't think that their lack of a good answer is a reason not to help them. You're actually helping them by causing them to focus. And if they don't have a good answer at all, it's okay to say, look, by the way, this is a question virtually everyone has in their head because networks in part are locality-based and certainly industry and job-based. And so the two things we need to know is what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? So be ready for that going forward. You know, if a friend of mine called me and I asked and I sort of got a vague answer, I would say, dude, just to be clear, if you're going to ask folks who have good networks about help, that's the question. So, so think about it and, you know, feel free to send me an email and let me know, hey, I've thought about it and here, here's what I'm thinking it is. If you want me to help you craft that, if you want me to ask questions, that's fine. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm more of a job referrer. But anyway. I just had this experience uh, within the last week. Now, folks, Mark and I haven't had this discussion at all. Just interesting. A good uh, friend of mine who I've known forever, We, he's one of the guys that beat me up on my 
black belt test <laughs> many years ago. And he's probably, no, he's younger than me. And that's why, he, that's why he could beat me up so bad. I mean, that's the only reason. No, not kidding. Just kidding. But so he's probably in his 40s, just recently went back to school, decided to take a, uh, make a career change, just went back to school and got a degree in mechanical engineering. And of course, you wow. and I are both mechanical engineers by training. So he called me up and I said, oh, okay, well, I know engineers. This is, this is awesome. And I asked him, so where do you want to do this? Part of this question, like where, where specifically do you want to work? And he was pretty clear. He lives in Virginia Beach and he wants to stay there. He's involved in a relationship. And it's like, oh, I don't know anybody in mechanical engineering in Virginia Beach, which is nice to know. Right. At least I could, at least I could level some. It's like, oh, dude, um, no lots of engineers, Virginia Beach, not strong. Now, had we not had the conversation about where he wanted to do it, I would have, I would have spent time all over the map looking for folks and it would have been a complete utter waste of time. I couldn't have helped them. Yeah, exactly. And look, if they don't have a good answer, your friend did, right? But it may be a reason for you to make a note and call them back in a couple of weeks to see if they're more focused and that will help you be more focused and you just can't open up your entire network to someone because again, it's too vast and it doesn't make sense. It's incredibly inefficient. Yeah, I realized I just opened up my network of 2 million downloads a month of our community for mechanical engineers in Virginia Beach. So maybe it, maybe it'll work out, yeah. who knows? <laughs> And if you're not familiar with the territory of Virginia, you should look at a map and say, what's the commute from living in Virginia Beach? Where could you work? I would assume that Norfolk? There are a number of places, yeah. Yeah, anyway. And something else. I mentioned, you know, calling back in a couple of weeks. To get a call back that you did not initiate, in other words, you're helping a candidate. You're helping candidate Bob. Bob calls you. You talk to him for a little bit and you say, okay, what do you want to do? And where do you want to do it? Let me, let me narrow my focus a little bit. Okay, great. Well, think about that and um, send me your resume. And then you make a note, call Bob in two weeks and see how he's doing and ask the question again. Bob is thrilled to get a phone call about his search that he didn't initiate. Checking in like this with somebody in a search you may be thinking, well, you know, he may not have the answer to the question or so on, but it's actually just the opposite. Most of their colleagues and friends will be terrible at helping them. Most won't do a darn thing or will say, sure, I'll be happy to, and then won't know what to do because the problem's too fast. But you'll actually be helping them by making a call to them because that needful friend is going to narrow their thinking and they'll feel touched. Oh, there's people out there helping me. God, that's there you good. Go. Wow, I didn't call Mark. I didn't call, you know, Mike, but he's calling me back. So he's thinking of me. And that's one of the standards that people want. You know, are they really are they really doing something? Are they really reaching out? And and if they don't have an answer to the question, of course, we can help prepare them for interviews by using an interviewing technique by <laughs> probing for specifics from them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be rare for someone to have a really crisp answer to the question. Again, they're going to go back to what happened or just say they want basically the same role. And I, I got to tell you, you shouldn't be embarrassed if somebody says, oh, basically the same thing where I am now. Dude, what you should say is, okay, refresh my memory. What are you doing for whom and where? Because depending upon how many people they've called, your assumption may be wrong. Now, if you talk to them two weeks ago, that's different. But if you have a doubt in your mind, you might as well go ahead and ask. And so 
you'll find that they might very well, in a lame attempt to answer the question, give you the least common denominator. And you may have to listen really carefully to say, okay, I, you know, I need to know more about that because that sounded too easy. You may have to ask them, have you thought this through? Or is that just because that's what you know? Or is that really what you want to do? I, I, you know, if it were a good friend of mine, I'd say, look, you just got fired. You sure you want to stay in this industry, in this type of role? My guess is there's three or four companies, most of them smaller than the one you're in, in your area. In the industry, they're probably going to know you got fired. Is, are you sure? Uh, it's fine if that's what you want, but don't say it just because it's the easiest thing. It's the most transferability. And if somebody's been in an organization for 10 years in one role or multiple roles, and they have not thought about their career and they don't have good external networking skills and so on, they have lost touch with the market and how jobs change and everything else. Even if they're an interviewer, although it's been my experience, it's surprisingly few people really are good at interviewing. At least if you're an interviewer for your company, that keeps you in touch to some degree with the market. And don't be afraid to ask them to consider the same job in a different industry. Maybe their fate is a result of systemic weakness in their industry and, and the idea of the same thing ought to be killed forthwith, right? Like, let's get rid of it. And look, pretty obvious, but when it comes to location, there may be considerations of budget and family. So ask. Don't think it's off limits. Everything in their life has been upended. Say, okay, you're saying Dallas, you're in Dallas. Is that a preference? Is there a restriction? And by restriction, I mean you can't leave Dallas or you can't sell your home because you're underwater. You know, we may have a spouse who's working and that's okay. But a lot of times people say, oh my gosh, I need my spouse's income. That's true. But when you move, maybe the spouse's job is such that it's highly portable. If you're a call center operator, that job is highly portable. If you're a customer service manager, that job is highly portable. Depending upon the kind of raise the person may get, thanks to what people mistakenly call internal salary compression, you may discover that they can get by for three months before the trailing spouse gets a second job. Look, there may be family members with special considerations or an extended family that is an anchor for them in a good way, in a worthy way. So ask those questions. Don't assume. You know, look, okay, you say you want to say stay in operations in Dallas. Why? Family, friends, and how long will you look in Dallas before you consider Chicago or whatever? And then some people say, no, I'm not leaving Dallas, period. I say, okay. I don't have any problem with that answer. I just want to understand why and how strongly they feel about it. You know, we say in our, when we teach how to be interviewed, we say on the location question, it's okay to have a preference. You know, I prefer the Southwest and I'm open to go anywhere for the right opportunity. Later in your career, you start thinking, I'm not really willing to go anywhere. But of course, all the factors weigh against each other. And somebody who says, I only want to live in Dallas, and they're making $85,000 a year. And then somebody in Tampa, Florida says, we'd actually like to pay you two hundred. You know, sometimes location changes. And something else I'll just mention in all these questions that involve location and industry. Just because you don't have connections in somebody's location doesn't mean you don't know someone who does have a connection. I find that very often, I think people are essentially exiting the helping process by saying, oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know anybody there. But I've had 
hundreds of calls in my career that go like this. Hey, Bob, I'm calling on behalf of a friend of mine. My network in Tampa is not that strong, but yours is. You live in Orlando. I know you're down in Tampa all the time. I want to send a guy's resume. Guy's a good guy. I don't call for everybody who calls me, but this is a guy who's our caliber and he's looking to do X in Tampa. And I would, I would owe you a favor if you would make some phone calls or send some emails and copy me on them. And to be clear, there are other questions that might occur to you, salary requirements and that, but there's really no need to do that now. If you want to, that's fine. I have found that salary is harder than it appears and generally salary sorts out with role and industry and location and so on. But look, if that's your relationship with somebody you want to ask, go ahead. Heaven forbid, don't make your first question of a person who's asking for help, how much do you need to make? Because now that reminds them of their income insecurity. And they know that that question is a little bit false because there's all kinds of ranges. And if location is in flux, there's a big difference between $85,000 in Dallas and $85,000 in Silicon Valley or New York. But I've just mentioned some other questions to ask and people have been going, oh, wow, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, there are. And you start with this one and let it flow from there. And if you get a solid answer to this question, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it in your first call, continuing talking to the person, all those things will begin to open up much more easily. So summarizing, what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? It helps you in terms of helping your colleague and it helps your colleague as well. If you don't ask, your task and their tasks are much harder. Early days in their situation, many people who need our help feel the problem is insurmountable because, again, it's vast and undefined. This question kind of narrows the field. And look, of course, we want you to provide moral support, but moral support doesn't pay people's bills, and people's bills are one of their worries. So get to the the bottom line, and that's what do you want to do and where do you want to do it? Okay, my friend. Thank you much. Thanks, partner. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. 